Well, I guess the folks will drift on in here and uh, asking Brother Mahoney to come and bring the word to us this morning. If you'd stand with me as Brother Mahoney comes. Good to have him here. We were reminiscing and uh, having some family connection and uh, didn't realize that our that our roots intertwined so far back down the line. God bless Brother Mahoney. Bless you, Brother Buddy, and you may be seated in Jesus' name. I realize that my voice sounds like 55 miles of gravel road, but... You know, we live in the South, and you can't explain allergies and all of that sort of stuff. You just do what you can. So if I stop and cough, I'll be all right. You're far enough away till uh, I don't have fever. I'm not infectious, probably need a hookworm treatment or something. But uh, I am so blessed and happy to be here with you to rightly divide, I trust, rightly divide the word of truth at Peace Tabernacle. I love that name, Peace Tabernacle. Love that name. I'm reading from the 139th. Psalm, now, I'm going to have to stop occasionally and blow my nose, and my mother found that very offensive. I do a lot of things now that I'm older than I did when I was younger. Amen. And if you keep having birthdays, you'll do crazy stuff too. It's just part of it. Psalm 139 and verse 1. O God, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. That's just good news, isn't it? For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast set me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attend unto it. And you may be seated. God bless you. I've got some more good news for you today. 
subject is simply Jesus knows. You remember the old song we used to sing? He knows just what I need. He knows my every deed. He's watching everything that I do. If to him I give my life, if I shun all sin and strife, if to him I have been true, he knows. This text out of Psalm 139 tells us that God has taken time to search and to know us. Verses 3 and 4 says he knows everything about us. Verses 5 and 6 says God knows us better than we know ourselves. It's a little scary, isn't it? It's a truth. There are many times that we do not know, we do not understand, but there is never a time when he doesn't know. 1 John 3 and 20 says he knoweth all things. John 16, 30 says, Thou knowest all things. John 21, 17 says, Lord, Thou knowest all things. Acts 1, 24, Thou, Lord, knowest the hearts of all men. Jesus does not have a blind side. Nothing ever slips up on him. He's never caught off guard. You and I can be caught off guard. But remember, long before you ever knew what was headed your way, his eye was on it. He was aware of it. He saw it. So there's three very important things that God knows that I would like to bring to your attention this morning. Number one, God knows our limitations. All of us are different. We just are. We're just, and it's okay. I, uh, I'm glad everybody that I've pastored in my years didn't like the same things that I did. I'm glad they all, that they only they didn't only sing the songs that I like. I'm I'm really glad. You know I'm kind of a heaven's jubilee uh, kind of guy, but I want everybody to find a place in the kingdom. And your pastor could confirm what I'm saying. People have different likes and dislikes. All of us have different load limits. God knows what you can't do. He knows what you can't handle. And he has made a very important promise that he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful, 
who will not suffer you to be tempted above uh, that which you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Every one of you could raise your hand if I asked you and say, have you ever been up against something that you just simply felt like you couldn't handle? I've gotten phone calls that rocked me, but I I was taught by Norm and I had the kind of parents that prepared us for things that we were not aware that were coming. So what you do is you understand Jesus saw this before you ever saw it. Before you ever realized it, Jesus saw it. He knows your limitations. And we're all different. We seldom really know our limitations. We think that we do. We find it easy to say, Lord, I can't handle that. That is too much for me. I, I just can't handle that. Well, that, that's above your pay grade. You, you can't say that. I have very close friends right now that are dealing with situations in their life that are so strenuous and I cover them in prayer every day, and I just I don't know how they keep moving, except God knows what we can't deal with. Moses thought he knew his limitations, but God said those are not limitations. I mean... Uh, Moses is standing here and he's talking to a burning bush that is not being consumed. I think that would be pretty weighty. I think I could believe most anything that come out of that bush. The Bible in one place says, he that dwelled in the bush. And he says, this is beyond my scope of ability. But in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10, uh, the Bible says, and it's here, I just need to find it. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Oh, I can't do that. Verse 11, he asked, who am I? Well, that's the wrong question. You you don't ever ask God, who am I? You need to say, who are you? What can you accomplish through me? What, What can you do through me? You should not be wondering who you are, but you should be acknowledging who God is. And in verse 14, it tells that. Then in chapter 4, verse 1, Moses said, If I go down into Egypt and tell the 
Jewish people that I'm there to deliver them, they won't believe me. And God asked him a question, what is that in thy hand? Before talking about what you don't have, before talking about what you can't do, take inventory of what you do have. Well, it's pretty uncomplicated. It's just a rod. Really? It's not just a rod. He goes on to tell God, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech, of a slow tongue. I just, you know, I'm just not qualified for this. In verse 11 and 12, the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. He knows your limitations. If he overloads you, then he owes you an apology. You need to go to the bank, borrow some money, and uh, get a granite monument, put it on the side of uh, I-10 out there, and have it engraved at this point for the first time. In history, God failed a man, but his record is clean. He has. You, you cannot always see what he's doing and what is going on. You, you just can't. We want to know. I mean, we live in a generation where I can, as dumb as I am, I can get on my phone and I use Safari for some reason. I don't, I don't use a Google and I don't even know why. I just do what my sons tell me. I can find out how much Queen Elizabeth of England's net worth is in less time than it takes for me to tell you. That's pretty amazing. I mean, we know stuff. We can find out stuff. But God does not always answer all of our questions. If he did, he would be taking the trust factor out of it. So, since God knows... uh, your limitations. He's not nervous about it. Your mistakes do not make God nervous. When you falter, he does not scuff his toe and look down at his feet and say, wow, that's what I expected. No, he don't say that. Hebrews 11 and 16 says God was not ashamed to be called their God. And you read that 11th chapter of Hebrews. Some of those people were crazy, man. They were messy. They, they did stuff that was nuts. And you know what? God put his hand up on them. He put his hand up on them. 
Second thing God knows, he knows your need. We don't always know what we need. We don't, we don't have perfect understanding. You have to be careful about telling God what you need. I have lived long enough to where I am very slow about asking God for temporal things. Uh, there's a scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy path. That, that is either in the Bible or it's not in the Bible. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory, and he knows what we need. Now, if he would listen to me, I could save him some stress. And because I, I am pretty good at coming up with the answer, but he's not that interested. He's just not that interested. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12 says, Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. You remember in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer, there was a lame man who had been lame for years and years, and he asked an alms of them. He thought he needed an offering. But, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but... Such as I have, give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, he got something that he didn't realize that he needed. Don't you pretty often look back at your life and think, whew, God really knew what he was doing, didn't he? He wants us to live like that. He really does. So I've learned to be careful about asking God for what I need. What I usually pray is, oh, Lord, you know what I need, and that is what I want. Whatever that is, that's what I want. That's, that's my desire. There have been some things that I have thought I needed and wanted so desperately. I remember that first Daisy Pump BB gun. I remember that $24 Western Flyer bike, red and silver from Western Auto that I got for Christmas. Oh, Jesus. I couldn't have been happier if it had been a Lamborghini. And I really thought I needed that. I mean, it's just... I, for my status in life, I needed that. It's better to understand Job 23 and 10 that says, He knoweth the way that I take. Our faith is not what we understand, but in what God knows. He knows our need. My Jesus knows just what? I need. 
Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. I know it sounds terrible, but I like singing it. He satisfies and every need supplies. Yes, he knows just what I need. Matthew 6 and 8 says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. If you've ever raised children, or especially grandchildren, or especially great-grandchildren, there's a, it's a, it's a very different dynamic. My sons didn't understand how my grandsons could get away with stuff they never could get away with. I said it's because they're my grandchildren. And I have great-grandchildren now, and I tell my grandchildren, if you want them disciplined, you do it. I'm going to give them cookies. I'm going to love them. I'm going to read Curious George to them and and to give them Graham crackers, you know. You realize, oh, why are you, don't let him play with that big daddy because he might break it. What if he broke it? It's not going to be the end of the world if they break it. We'll just sweep it up and put it in the trash. Buy a plastic one next time, you know. God knows. He knows. Psalm 142 and verse 3 says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knowest my path. He knoweth my path. He knows. You know, that takes a lot of pressure off of you. If the choice is sit on the side of your bed at night and sweat bullets and bite your fingernails and moan or trust God, I suggest that you just trust God and and go to sleep. I don't want to be simplistic because I know there are hard things. I have dealt with hard things in my life, but Jesus has never been nervous about those things. Thirdly, God knows your possibilities. Only 3% of the earth's fresh water is on the surface in the form of lakes and rivers. The other 97% of fresh water is in a huge subterranean reservoir down below. And human potential is a lot like that. The first church where my mother and dad preached a revival was at Hornbeck, Louisiana. The pastor was named Jesse James Hennigan. I was talking to somebody about Brother Dale Welch. Who was that? You. Jesse James Hennigan was Brother David Hennigan's father. So this was... Uh, back in the late 40s, early 50s. 
They did not have a piano player. When they got there, Brother Hennigan told my mother, Sister Mahoney, you will be playing the piano for the revival. My mother had never made a chord on a piano. She tried her best to divert him from that. No, no, you can do this, you can do this. So her and my dad would get in the sanctuary and they found C, F, and G. And every song that they sung during that revival was in C. And uh, not complicated, but it worked. I don't know if she ever played again. I don't really think she ever played again. But the possibility was there. God knows what you're made of. In uh, Psalm 139 and verse 15, my substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance yet being imperfect. And in the book, all my members were written. In thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. My goodness. He knows our possibilities. As far as I'm concerned, one of Dottie Rambo's greatest songs that she ever wrote was entitled The Eagle in Me. You, very likely you never heard it. It's, uh, it's a wonderful song. The chorus said, he could see the eagle in me. He taught my wings to soar and fly till I was strong enough to fly. He said that I was strong because he could see the eagle in me. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't see an eagle. I might have seen a turkey. But he could see the eagle in me. He, who knows? Who knows what rests in you? Uh, as a pastor, if I was sick, feeling bad, uh, taking my handkerchief and cough drops and water to the pulpit and snorting and all of that, you know what I like to do? I like to get children to come lay hands on me. You know why? They just go straight to the source. They're not hung up on stuff that you and I are hung up on. They just believe it. If you tell them that if you lay hands on Brother Mahoney, he is going to get healed. Well, they just believe that. And 45 seconds later, they may be 
jumping up on the stairs on the platform and beating a drum or something. But God recognizes that there's something there. There's something in your life, a latent potential that's very, very important. God knew Joseph's possibilities when his brethren were despising him and trivializing him. He knew David's possibilities when his brothers looked at him like a second-class citizen. You don't ever know. You just don't ever know. Let God be God in your life and in the life of your family. I was telling Norma before church, we found out that my one of my grandson's uh, wife had been baptized in one of our churches in Lake Charles. I didn't know that. I didn't know that kind of connection was there. Oh, I was so relieved. I was so happy. Uh, uh, Friday, we sat around at Outlaws in Pineville, and we had lunch with three of my wife's brothers, and I listened to them talking about the Lord and trusting the Lord. They, they've all got challenges in their life. And they've always been good people. They're just great people. But to hear them openly talk about it, I'm thinking, you know what, Jesus? You are really busy in my wife's family. That means so much. Jeremiah chapter 1 and uh, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. And the Lord said, Say not, I am a child. He sees things in you that everybody can't see. The year was uh, 1937. Brother C.G. Weeks was preaching a revival in Noble, Louisiana. He was for many years the general, the district superintendent of Louisiana. He was there for two weeks. Somebody asked him, how, how was the revival? He said, well, we had good services, but we only had one, one little boy, 13-year-old boy, receive the Holy Ghost. He was a little disappointed about that. Right now, at this moment, 
that 13-year-old boy's grandson is preaching to my grandchildren in Moss Bluff. He even has the same initials as his grandfather, J.T. Pugh. And Brother Jared Pugh is preaching right now to Windsor and Navy. Just, it was just, just a 13-year-old boy. It wasn't a great revival. Well, let's let God worry about that. He knows your potential. He knows what you can accomplish. He knows what you can become. He knows your possibilities. I pastored a precious sister named Sister Ollie Bell Griffin. She had been a friend of my mother's uh, before I was even born. Her and my mother used to fry up donuts, sell them for the church, 50 cents a dozen. And uh, these donuts would make a rooster pull a freight train. You know, they would. They were wonderful. I pastored her in her later years. Her sister, her daughter, sister Linda Marler, went to see her one day. She was in the nursing home in uh, Rose Pine, Louisiana. Sister Griffin had already slipped into that nether world that comes with dementia and Alzheimer's and so she was uh, kind of out of touch when sister Linda walked into the nursing home and started down the hall she could hear her mother speaking in tongues so she got to the room and she she closed the door she did not want to disturb anyone and as soon as she closed the door, one of the nurses opened the door and said, why did you close the door? And she said, well, my mother prays very, very loud, and I didn't want her to disturb anybody else. And the nurse said, when she prays like that, we feel angels in here. She couldn't read the paper. She she couldn't drive her car. She couldn't cook a pone of cornbread. But she was connected, and God knew that. And uh, I preached her funeral, and every nurse that could get off work from that nursing home was there. They said when she prayed like that, that was the way they described it. We feel angels here. You have the ability to bring the angels of the Lord into any situation that plagues you or plagues any of your family, any situation that pushes against you. you you've got the power to do that. You have to be bold about that. If you go into the hospital to visit somebody and pray for them, don't get overwhelmed and cry and 
drape over them like a fettuccine noodle hanging over a barbed wire fence. Don't do that. They're not going to help them. You're not going to help them. You've got to speak faith. You've got to be bold. Well, I'm just not like that. Well, I'll tell you what. If that's my son or daughter or my grandson or great-grandson in that bed, I want somebody that can step into that room and say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the authority of the Word of God, I take dominion over this infirmity and I command it to dry up by the roots. And you say, well, that's just not me. Well, God may let you get into a position where it is you. You might say that you're just not the emotional part or the kind of person. But let me just tell you, what if one of your grandchildren started running out there toward Garth Road, as busy as that road is? You're not going to stand back and say, uh, excuse me, honey, let's, uh, let's consider this. I, I feel like this is not a proper move on your part. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to scream like sitting bull. And I would do the same. You are able to accomplish things in the spirit. God is able to accomplish things through you. Shall we stand together? Jesus knows. Man. That, uh, that takes a lot of pressure off me. I am so glad that I'm not God. I'd be the worst God ever. Because red-faced Scotch Irishman and when folks mess up I would be tempted to say unto them in Jesus name I come to thee <laughs> get out of here you know that, but you know what Jesus doesn't do that let's not try to take his role Let's not try to be God. We're just not qualified. We're just not qualified. Now, when I started pastoring, when I was 23 years old, boy, I knew some trash. I'm telling you, I knew some stuff. Didn't nobody want to ask the question, but, man, I knew all kinds of stuff. But each day I get older and dumber, and I find myself, my consistent answer is, I don't know. But he knows. Let's love the Lord together, can we? Praise God.